Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is the home of the best Bengals coverage. 700 WLW. You know, you don't want to kind of take that cigarette and grind it with your heel into the concrete too much. But I will say this. A win is a win. But when did a win, maybe outside of the Tampa Bay game, feel more like a loss as uh, your Cincinnati Bengals stopped the bleeding after five straight and a 4-1 and one start. Uh, but the Bengals now are 6-8. and eight. They beat the Raiders 30-16 yesterday, a horrible team in the Raiders. And uh, there was hope, at least for two hours, until Ben Roethlisberger um, and the like wound up beating Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. And that was a hell of a game last night. <laughs> that was probably the best game of the weekend. Anyway, Pittsburgh with the win uh, eliminates the Bengals' hopes of postseason play. Now for, what, 29 straight seasons? There hasn't been a playoff win. I'm going on 30 right now. Rocky Boyman has been to the playoffs. He's actually won playoff games. Actually, has a Super Bowl ring, and he'll be on at 3 o'clock to gloat about it here on 700 WOW. Rock, how's everything? <laughs> Good, Slony. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't want to say um, how bad things are, but... Even with a win like this, you look at it and go, it's hard to find a silver lining. Uh, you stopped the bleeding at five games, Rocky Boyman, but you knew you're pretty much done for the season going into this thing, and Pittsburgh just cemented that. Uh, and one must look at themselves as a Bengals fan, long-suffering Bengals fan, and go, what the hell's the point? Well, you're right, and, and there's two ways to look at it. Uh, on the plus side, you know, obviously they got the win, and some – you know, some really good players, players from the future had great days. Sam Hubbard had two sacks and a yeah. forced fumble. He has six on the season, which is third among NFL rookies. And, you know, Joe Mixon, they finally fed him the ball again. Uh, last week he had 27 carries. Uh, this past week, 26. You know, Tyler Boyd looked good before he went down with an injury. Uh, you know, Alex Erickson. So there mm-hmm. was you know, lots of positive. You know, players that are going to be, you know, you would think to be around this franchise for right. a long time right. uh, showed a lot of promise. Now, obviously, the negative side is, you know, if you want to look at it that way, is okay, the Bengals win. That probably drops them out of a top 10 NFL draft pick. And I think the biggest fear that fans have is if this team kind of makes a little bit of a push at the end of the season and wins two of their last three here, yeah. that this is going to be an excuse the organization is going to use to keep Marvin or keep you and all that, which what I think uh, fans would look at would be a complete disaster. So, again, positives, but I think honestly, every Bengals fan that I talked to over the weekend was like, Pissed that that we won. I, I can't. I can't say that. <laughs> right. I, I. I just can't do it. It's hard for me to just root against. Uh, you know the, the home team, but uh, I, I know a lot of fans felt that way. Yeah, because it would cement things, or at least we would hope. In a normal world, um, management ownership would see this and go, "Well, we can't continue this way." But if they finish, uh, if they limp in and go eight and eight, which is possible, all of a sudden now it's something to build on. That we won our last three, and now we just got to turn things around a little bit. But and, and I don't want to diminish, honestly. 
uh, Rocky Boyman. The success, Alex er- Erickson was a one-man wrecking machine. Joe Mixon, two weeks in a row, he gets 100 yards plus, and Sam Hubbard had a hell of a day. And let's not forget big Geno Atkins, who had three, mm-hmm. count him, three big sacks. Uh, only one, I think, last week against Miami, but three in this game, too, as well. Hey, you got four core players right there to look at. Now, Geno's been around a while, obviously, too, but, you know, when you get three sacks a game and play like he does, it looks like he could play another five years in the NFL the way he's playing right now. So, you got some key guys there that you certainly certainly don't want to look the other way on. No, certainly. And I don't think anybody who has a brain would say this this team is devoid of talent. That yeah. They're not. Now, are, is it elite, elite talent? Do they have the same amount of talent as, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs or the, you know, the Rams or any of those teams? You know, or the Saints? Probably not. Obviously not. But there, there's some talent and there's some young talent on this team. It's just, so the core is there. I just think, you know, kind of going back to, you know, the fans' perspective on this game and, you know, if they get, if the organization gets hope that they win these last few games and go eight and eight. The one thing that's still clear, though, is the amount of fans in attendance. I mean, there officially it was 44,500, I think, which means unofficially in terms of butts in the seats is probably in the high 30s, maybe below that. And, and that's one thing. That, that you can't deny. If you're the organization, you can't deny. People have lost interest in this team, and I don't even think going 8-8 eight and eight is, is going to get interest back in this team. So it's something I think they have to address, but will they address? I, I, it remains to be seen. That's a great point, Rocky, too, is because the fans speak with their money and realize that those are options out there. It's hard to look around Paul Brown Stadium and say, hey, listen, we're doing just fine. Things are great because no one's drinking the orange and black Kool-Aid these days. When you have the fan base that's clamoring for a loss instead of a win and hopes things will change that says a lot about the organization the franchise and the team and if i'm one of the guys who are playing really well the joe mixons the alex erickson's the sam hubbard's of the world uh i'm looking i'm insulted by that because it's it's the rest of the organization bringing me down And, and these guys show up and play and play hard every sunday but then there's a lot of dead weight on this team one of those things by the way cedric or Buehi, in this team that that literally everyone is banged up there's not a position that has not been made suffering because of injuries Cedric Obway is perfectly healthy, and he doesn't even suit up. Yeah, it's it's clear that the Bengals whipped on that pick. And, and it's hard to say what were they doing because I've, I've talked to a lot of scouts. Everybody has Cedric Obway ranked very, very high you know, in terms of his footwork and, mm-hmm. uh, and all that sort of deal. So it's not like the Bengals were the only one that believed in this guy. Yeah, if the Bengals didn't draft him in the first round, another team might have, or at least in the early second. But look, man, I, I've seen it throughout my career. Some guys you, you pick up, you pick high, and yeah. everything you know works out. They have the college stats, they have the college production, they perform well at the combine. It's a can't miss, right? Well, it, it don't always work out that way. For whatever reason, Cedric Blake has not been able to transition to the NFL level. I, the Bengals will clearly, I, I assume, just let him go at the end of this season, which is probably good for him. You know, sometimes players, you know, uh, the Colts uh, took a, a guy, uh, Jerry Hughes, in the first round a couple of years ago, and he was a bust, complete bust. He wound up going to Bills and re- revamping his career and, mm-hmm. and, and had a, and wound up doing pretty well. So maybe that's what needs to happen. It's certainly what needs to happen if Cedric Boy is going to have any chance of rewriting his own narrative. But uh, the Bengals uh, obviously cannot afford to just sit around and wait for him to develop. But clearly the, the handwriting is on the wall in terms of his future for the Bengals. Yeah, it's not working out here. He may get a second shot somewhere else. Um, and, you know, there's certainly, you think of the Cedric Boy's, but the Kijana Carters, and the list goes on and on. A great mm-hmm. guy. 
David Klingler, the great Bengals bust. But, you know, we also got to celebrate the A.J. Greens of the world. We got to celebrate the uh, Joe Mixons of the world, etc. I understand that. Um, but but it seems like the Bengals always wind up rolling the dice and it comes up craps a lot for the Cincinnati Bengals. And, and here's the thing, Rocky, as a player, but also as someone who's uh, a fan of the game and someone who studies the game like yourself, uh, is, is the worst thing in the world indifference? Because I get it if a, if a fan base is mad or in hell at the ownership, right? But there's still some mm-hmm. energy there. There's a passion because you care, you hate. Uh, on the other hand, if you're a, uh, I don't know, you're a fan of a Kansas City, right, uh, or the Chargers, you're going nuts right now. You're all in on that team. However, the Bengals have indifference. When people are asked about the Bengals, like, eh, the Bengals, who cares? And you look at the crowd yesterday, it was closer to 30,000 than it was 40,000. Uh, you see that indifference. To me, that's the kiss of death. It's not that people are hate you or love you. It's when they're like, I, I, don't, I don't care. That's, that's the real kiss of death. Yeah. 100% correct. And just to kind of make an analogy, if you're a, if you're a player, right, and the coach is yelling at him, just dog cussing you every single day, you think that's bad, but what's the worst is when the coach doesn't care anymore to yell at you, right? When he just flat, he's just giving up on you. So in the same respect, that's the worst thing uh, from a fan base. If the fans are calling in the postgame show, they're yelling, they're screaming because they're invested in the team, they want the team to win, they want to air their differences, that's one thing. And that may seem bad at the time, but, but the worst thing is when those lines are sitting there empty. Yeah. It was worse is when people aren't going to the stadium. You want them to go to the stadium, and even if they lose, they yell and they scream and they voice their, their opinion on things. So no, certainly certainly apathy is, is the worst emotion you can have when it comes to really any relationship, whether it's a coach, uh, coach, player, uh, husband, wife, or in, in this case, obviously, a, a franchise and a fan base. Yeah, indifference is a, is a killer. But does that translate? Late to change in Cincinnati. You you've lived here your whole life, Rocky. Uh, will indifference is indifference a driver for them to change their ways? It, 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 Tony, it would be in every other city in America. It would be in every other, all other thirty-one franchises. I, and, and that's I mean I don't even know if that's a subjective thought. I think that's pretty much an objective uh, concept here at this point. But what we all know, if you've lived here, and Sean, you have obviously, uh, you know the, the Bengals do things differently. Mike Brown does things differently. He's eighty-two years old. They're going on eighty-three, and he may not value change as much as. You know, we would think he would, or any other coach would. Yeah, you know, he tends to see the positives from everything I hear. His relate the, the the relationship between Mike Brown and Marvin Lewis is is very very tight. I mean, they talk to each other a lot. They're 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 close. It's not like some organizations where you talk to the owner every once in a while and all that. No, I think they are they are close. So. You know, you, you see the the results, you see the people in the stands, you see the amount of apathy when it comes to the franchise, and you say there's no way it'll be back. The fans obviously are craving change to the nth degree, but then you know that relationship, you know the history of, of, of the owner and the ownership, and you say, well, I, I don't know if it will happen. You yeah, know? I could say a lot of positives about uh, about Mike Brown and Brown family. There's no doubt. I mean, they, they, they quietly give a lot back to the community that they richly deserve credit for but won't take. Uh, they tend to stay out of the public eye. I mean, Mike Brown, you can't find that guy with a search warrant uh, after the game, after big games, after big losses and big wins. Uh, he is largely the silent partner, the silent driver, the 
this whole thing. Very old school, very close to the vest, uh, but also extremely family oriented and extremely loyal, which is uh, a positive, I think, in most things, except maybe in the National Football League. And I think it's a fair criticism to say, you know, his relationship with Marvin should not be like father and son. It should be about employer and employee and, and finding and, and, and recruiting the best people in order to lead your organization. So it's relevant. The Bengals right now and have for a long time are largely irrelevant, Rocky Boyman. Uh, that That's frightening. And as Mike Brown heads into the twilight of his life and his career, certainly at some point, uh, the reins will be handed over, presumably to Katie and other family members. And I think Bengals fans, too, looking at the stadium deal that's now been extended alike. Do the Bengals remain in Cincinnati or do they wind up being like most other teams on the West Coast where uh, all of a sudden we start shopping the Bengals around and they start to look elsewhere? Because, you know, you're, you're again, you extended the stadium, the whole the, the, the bit. But to me, the seminal moment's going to be when there's a change in, in ownership, essentially. It'll stay in the family, but do the Bengals stay in Cincinnati? It's a good question. It's one that's going to be having, we're all going to be having here for you sooner than we think. You yep. know, and it's it's one of those deals where it comes down to this, though. If the, if the Bengals come to the city and they want to revamp the stadium and they want to stay here, I'm sure they're going to want some concessions. And there's not a fan alive right now that's going to be willing to buy the same, no. you know, the same package deal we were given back in 96, whatever it was. I don't think any fan is at that point right now. So, and maybe, you know, look, maybe at the time, when that time comes, that's the ultimate goal and they do get to go somewhere else. They do get to go to, I don't know, Mexico City or London or another team out in California, mm-hmm. God forbid. You know, maybe that is, that could wind up being the ultimate plan, but it's, it's going to be a harder sell this time around. And unless the Bengals turn things around very, very quickly, it's going to be a much harder sell, Sloaney, to, to the fan base of, hey, we want you, we want the whole fan base, we want the community to invest in this team because we want to be here, but we want some concessions. The fans are going to say, concessions is my rear end. We, we don't want to hear any of that because we want to start seeing some results if you want this to be a, a two-way kind of relationship. Well, Rocky, we also saw this, too, with the Art Modell rule. It applies to FC Cincinnati. Well, it applies to uh, uh, Columbus Crew and FC Cincinnati. We were talking about that with Bill Seitz a little bit earlier. And the Art Modell rule, of course, went in after the Cleveland's, uh, Cleveland Browns left in the dead of the night to go to Baltimore, where then they, they, they soon became successful, by the way, uh, is that if you have public money invested in a private enterprise like a team as such, the Cincinnati Bengals, then the community has a right to buy the team, that they can find other investors to step up and buy that team by the franchise uh, because you receive public well, there you money. Go. If you start an office pool, Sloaney, we'll get, get Willie on board and get, get Jimmy and we'll get some money together. We'll buy the Bengals. Well, Willie could buy the well, Willie could buy the Bengals what he has in his couch cushions. <laughs> Except he, st- he just spent, he was showing off his jeans for me. Do you know how much he paid it? Oh, Did you hear the jeans? Did you see the jeans story? Oh, that was the, that was the biggest travesty of 2018. I can't so believe it. $2,000 on jeans. $2,000 on five. Man, the people spent $2,000 on jeans. I bought five I pairs it. of jeans. You go, what kind of jeans do you have? I'm like, I don't know, they're Levi's. Well, those are no good. Right. Seventy one years old, he bought his first pair of jeans. He's got the skate he's got skateboard shoes. I'm laughing my ass off. It's funnier than hell. That, that was one of the darkest moments of, of twenty of twenty eighteen. Uh, at 700 WLW, it was Willie spending $2,000 on right. jeans. Discovering yeah. jeans in 2019, by the way. Almost 2019. <laughs> hey, these are comfortable. Which means I, no, we really? got to start. We got to really? start. <laughs> we got to start going back to wearing khakis then, Rock. Yeah, that's the thing. We should all switch back here yeah, yeah. and make him think like he's still the odd man. Out. Right, right. I'm going to start wearing my shirts tucked in. And uh, <laughs> it's the best. 
It's like when Jim Scott yelled at me because my shirt wasn't tucked. I'm like, you realize we haven't tucked shirts in like in 10 years, right? <laughs> well, yeah, it's a it's a bad look. You need to tuck that in. It's like, yeah, I probably need I a. To see yeah, that, that was that was the that. best. Or like when Willie's dropping trow in studio. You know, you're older when you have a conversation with someone, you're just standing there, and all of a sudden you just drop your pants to tuck your dress yeah. shirt back in. That's that that, yeah. that that's a good look right there. Well, no I, you know, Rocky, here's the thing. Uh, looking at the Bengals and now another lost season of the books here, heading in a three consecutive decades without any playoff success whatsoever. Fans have every right to ask, what the hell is it going to take? From what you're hearing and those you talk to, is the ascension of the throne going to be Marvin moves to the front office or retires and Hugh Jackson becomes the next coach of the Cincinnati Bengals? What, what is the scenario and the likelihood of that happening? I think that it's going to, the likelihood of, of next year, the 2019 coach of the Bengals being either Marvin Lewis or Hugh Jackson, I think is extremely, extremely high. I oh. think that was the plan when he was, was hired. And, but, but, I mean, since obviously things have changed, the, the Browns have won four of six games <laughs> right. since he's not been the, the coach. So, yeah. you know, uh, you know, so there's another, you know, kind of piece of evidence to go against that. But if that was the plan, who knows if they'll, reevaluate that plan or still kind of stick with it. It, it remains to be seen. Again, obviously, things are done differently here than, than probably mm. most other cities, but uh, it remains to be seen. Baker Mayfield uh, said in a post-game conference, and uh, again, I'm paraphrasing greatly here, but essentially, he's like the only thing, it's the same personality, the only thing changed with the coaching staff with Hugh Jackson leaving, and look, we're winning games now. I, I think that spoke volumes. Well, I, I think it just shows how, you know, it, it just change can sometimes reinvigorate a team, you know what I mean? And for whatever reason, and you know, he, he knows how to coach football. Just it just didn't, didn't work out there. And Marvin knows how to coach football. It's just not working out here. But you know, it's change hearing things, hearing the same message, but from a different voice, and even even hearing a little bit different message is still along the lines of winning. And you, you know, those, those kind of things. Coaches that are psychologists can find the ways to to motivate guys on a daily, hourly basis, those kind of things, they work. And I think that's what's going on with the Browns right now. For, there's, for whatever reason, there's an element of, of belief that wasn't there in that building right now that those guys are going out and playing. So, again, that's just what, what change can do. It can kind of re- reinvigorate you know, some of those guys, and that's what's going on. Yeah, and I think, Rocky, finally here, the thing that is upsetting probably most of Bengals fans is if you talk to those in the front office and below, and you will hear in Marvin Lewis's press conference today, there's the smug, righteous indignation that they're the smartest people in the National Football League out of 32 teams and literally hundreds of front office people, uh, that these are the smartest people in football. It's like it's only a matter of time before things turn around for the Bengals. And I think that's the thing that incites most fans. Um, For a long time, Cincinnati Bengals fans, when they face adversity as opposed to success, will often go back to that. Uh, And you would think that this team has had multiple Super Bowl wins, that they have five or six wins as the uh, uh, Patriots and and the Steelers, respectively, all time. And yet there's none. Mm. Uh, But if you just look at the words that are said and the way they act, you would think that this team is a a legend that this team is a dynasty when the opposite is true yeah there's a little bit of um you know kind of of delusion there's a lot of delusion going on down yeah there. i guess a little bit of that of just kind of not seeing maybe the the, the bigger picture and you know again the press conference is going to be hey we guys made plays and we did our job oh, and terrible. worked harder and, and and all that sort of deal which i, I think you know is falling on on deaf ears a little bit but uh you know, it's 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 not it's not going to change. We kind of know what we're getting with that. Yeah, Rocky Boyman today at three o'clock with Eddie. Thanks again, brother. Be well.
Thanks, All right, thanks, uh, two more two more games left, and that's it. You got the Browns and you got the Steelers. How do the how do the Bengals finish facing those two teams? And for those who said, I think the the uh, the uh, Browns will finish with a better record than the Cincinnati Bengals. All of a sudden, you're looking like a savant. This is seven hundred WLW. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.